Why do I find it so hard When I know in my heart I'm letting you down every day Letting you down every day Why do I keep on running Welcome to the IBS podcast. We're going to see if we have any kinks. We're trying something new today. I am joined by Actively Lazy or better known as IBS Jesus. We will have to see if this works because we're trying something new. You there, Alan? Not sure he's there. Let's see. Oh, this might be something else. All right, we're still working out the kinks because we're trying something new, so bear with us. If you're on the line, you can say hello, but this is the first time we've done it through Skype, so you have to bear with us just a little bit. Uh, Let's see. We're still going to work on the technical difficulties here. If we do have 252 on the line, we can talk about it. We can discuss some stuff. 252, are you there? Yeah, I'm here, but uh, I'm just listening. Yeah, I'm and I can't listen. Uh, I'm just listening. Oh. Okay, that's okay. All right. So, trying to get Alan on the phone. He's calling right back. My deal in the Super Bowl, I think, is that a lot of people say it was boring. And it was. It wasn't entertaining. It was kind of the vegetables of Super Bowls. It wasn't the most entertaining. But at the same time, the execution was very good. I don't think it was a, a situation where the offense played poorly. I think it was a situation where, where the defense stepped up. And that's not always the most entertaining thing, but at the same time, that's good football, I guess. Alan, Yo. you hear? Yes, sir. I can hear you. Yeah. Well, Can you hear me I'm well, Alan? I said, can you hear me very well? Okay, so so far, the strategy is working. I'm trying Skype here, and for the people that uh, are, aren't are familiar with this, I'm trying Skype so I can actually use the mic so I won't sound so far away. So, Alan, uh, you can basically host, but what was your takeaway from the game? <laughs> um, the halftime show is terrible. Nah. Um. I mean, honestly, I've been trying to run it. I've been running it through my mind all day. Um, <clears throat> I don't know if it's Bill or if people just caught up in the moment of playing uh, the Patriots. But, it, I mean, this is the second week in a row that I've seen a, a, a great offensive mind come in and just not do what works for them. I don't know if they're overthinking it or if the Patriots are really taking it away. But um, my take um, ultimately from this game is that that's just a well-coached team at the end of the day making plays when they needed to make plays. And that's what it came down to is a collective team effort of people making plays 
And it wasn't pretty, but it got a win, and ultimately that's the goal. So um, I don't know if this is something that Brady would hang his legacy on as far as his performance, but the end result, getting him his sixth ring, is definitely something uh, worth celebrating. And it definitely wasn't his best performance. I think this year when they got going, and this has happened before actually, but this year when they got going, he played, I don't want to say game manager, but he did what Drew Brees has started to do. They relied on the running game. They used a lot of play action. And then when you need him, he comes up and does his thing. And the defense has stepped up. That's the biggest thing, I think. The defense figured it out. They stepped up, especially in the playoffs. And and Brady did his thing against Kansas City, and he did his thing against San Diego. They're very, very, very good pass rushes. On those two teams, Kansas City was one of the leaders in sacks. And obviously, San Diego has those two bookends in Ingram and Bosa. So that was partly the line stepping up and partly Brady getting rid of the ball. But, yeah, I mean, I think just winning can build your legacy. But it wasn't like Brady's best game. But some people are trying to use it to to taint his legacy or something stupid. I don't know. Yeah, I think um, what we saw was uh, Wade Phillips in the defense was prepared, man. I mean, uh, from the first interception um, that Brady threw, that was a defensive adjustment, somebody making a play. Uh, they didn't allow uh, the receivers to get comfortable. Um, I think ultimately what hurt them is um, what I've been saying pretty much all year long, is that the Rams really don't have a very good linebacker or very good linebacking play, especially in pass coverage. And I think a lot of times when we saw Edelman open across the middle deep, it wasn't necessarily the uh, secondary's fault. I feel like some of that was um, <clears throat> lack of communication between the linebackers and, and the safeties um, because I, I want to say they were playing a little bit of zone, especially towards the uh, the second half when the when the Patriots started driving a little bit more or converting those uh, long third down passes uh, across the middle. I think some of that was due to the linebackers not getting back deep enough. Yeah, I agree. They – well, they had a few problems. One problem is they play a lot of zone, so you could yeah. guard element. And you can't just – well, you can if you're Belichick. But you can't just ask these guys to suddenly play man-to-man if they haven't been doing it all year unless you're coached by Bill Belichick. But uh, it kind of is what it is. Uh, I think we got a caller here, 564. Yeah, we if you just want to listen, you can. If not, you can point in. Huh? That should be because it's not my, that's not my number. What'd you say, Alan? Well, I said uh, we got two callers on. Well, well uh, two five two is Ben. He's just listening. Five six four. Okay. Patrick. Uh, what's your name? Town. It's Patrick. Patrick McIntosh. Yep. What's up? All right. What did you think about the game? I think it was not so much as a defensive matchup. I thought it was – I didn't think it was as defensive as people thought it was. I think everyone was just terrible on offense. Like, before even the pressure became on Brady, Brady was looking <laughs> – Why do you say that? Like, before they even got to Brady, Brady was looking iffy. The first pass, okay, you, you got that one thrown away. And then you, you're short-arming screens. Like, even the short passes, you're, like, in the dirt. Like, come on. <laughs> he did have a bad couple he was, he was looking every bit of 42 last night. Every bit of 42. Like, he looked like his arm had arthritis halfway through his throwing motion. And Jared Goff just looked like the stage was too big for him. And 
Also, I don't care if Todd Gurley's hurt or not. You have no excuse for not playing the Super Bowl. It's the last game. What's going to happen? Okay. You Six, seven, eight. Who's this? Oh, that is me. Oh, all right. Oh, you know what? Um, my bad, man. I really clicked on the green thing to screen the calls, and I'm still on the air. My fault. That's all right. Let's go make me go back. Let's see if we get Patch back. Patch, you there? Yes, I'm still here. I think we cut. Oh, yeah, keep going. We were trying something out. Sorry. Go ahead. But, yeah, no, there's you were also, saying how there was Yeah, also, there was no reason for them to not have Todd Gurley in the game. Um, even if he's, like, slightly injured or not, he obviously was good enough to actually be in the game. It's, it's the last game of the season. It's the championship. Do you really want to risk just a minor injury just just because you're afraid you might get hurt in the last game of the season? Not like you had next, next week to play for Better go out there and show all you got. Shoot, you may never get the yeah, answer. Yeah, Especially the way that these NFC teams um, shuffle around. That may be their last chance. Because shelf life on these um, super teams in the NFC yeah, is kind of short. And you're right, too, because they uh, – and thank you for your call, Patch. But you're right, they – they uh, loaded up because they had golf on a rookie contract, but in reality, the they they have to pay all these people. They have to pay Sue. They just paid Donald. Uh, you have to pay, or if you're gonna keep them, you gotta pay Peters. You gotta pay to leave. What do you think about that, Alan? Thank you, Patrick. We're gonna move to the next person. What do you think? Um, Alan? I mean, it definitely was a comfortable situation for them to add uh, the players that they added. Uh, and he's right. The window for, for aggressive moves like that during the off season is very, very limited. Uh, usually a season or two if you're lucky. Uh, they'll they'll probably be without Sue next year. Um, Tlaib and Peters, I don't think, played uh, as well as they were anticipating. But um, that kind of goes along with what I was saying in regards to what he was saying about Gurley. Is I, I don't know if it's the Patriots or if it's just people just getting psyched, uh, psyched out when they play the Patriots. But for the life of me, this aggressive Patriot defense that we saw during the postseason, uh, especially the last two games against the uh, Chiefs and against the Rams, I don't understand why the running backs were not used more out of the backfield. And, and I get it that, you know, um, Belichick's probably wanting you to do that. But at some point to alleviate pressure on your quarterback, especially with Jared Goff, who doesn't play well when people are around his feet, you want to set up some kind of screens or something. And these are two creative innovators of offenses, McVay and Reed. They're they're smart enough to figure out how to get the ball to their playmakers. And yet we found them both kind of in a flux when it came time to get uh, the Chiefs. It was Tyreek Hill. Uh, and then with the Rams, it's Todd Gurley. Now, if he's suiting up, he can't be, he can't be that hurt. And it just seemed like they were just not committed to, to, getting him involved in the game in the way that they should. And I think that was ultimately their downfall because he is their best offensive weapon without a doubt. Let's get to Ryan. If Ryan did Ryan want to be on the air, Al? Yeah, I don't think he cares. Ryan, Luke, <laughs> you want to be on the air? <laughs> you want to be on the air? What's up, man? What do you think of the game? Man, I thought – I thought it was a bit of an offense and a, a defense. Like, I thought the defense was, was great, but 
I think a lot has to be said for Belichick, of course. I mean, that that really doesn't have to be said. But I think I think Goff really, to me, showed like his his younger side. You know, he saw a lot of a lot of decisions and whatnot, and, and they weren't. Especially, I think the biggest one was at the end when they got going, and then he just threw up that prayer for that pick and just and just killed them. Like that's that's something yeah, a veteran just, quarterback. He, yeah, he, up. That's I'm a veteran quarterback. You know, you gonna you take take to those short pass. You don't. I mean, he felt pressure and he panicked, and that killed him. But I mean, overall, I thought. I mean, it was an ugly game, but it was. I mean, it was a football game. You know what I mean? <laughs> Sometimes you don't have defenses like that, and you have coaches yeah. that are that are doing things different. Doing things different. Obviously, you pointed out. You pointed out before that uh, the Patriots play man. More than any other team in the league, and they kept playing. They kept yep. playing zone, and that throws off what McVay's doing, what their what their whole game plan is. I just I feel like that's just yeah, not yeah. a good excuse for for McVay, because at the end of the day, you're playing Bill Belichick. He always does stuff like that. He's always got some kind of wrinkle. I don't care if the man runs zone a hundred times. He's the type of person that if I see that. Every single week in film, I'm definitely expecting it to be switched up when he plays me. He would never leave something open like that. It's just not – that's just not his M.O. So for him to get in the game and go, well, they ran zone most of the year and now they're in man, that's not an acceptable excuse. It's just not. It, it's really not. I mean, you know exactly. Go ahead, Ryan. There ha- there has- you, have to- you have to make adjustments. Like, you can't just keep beating by- getting beat by the same thing and – and I think, like like you pointed out, you have to do. I mean, do check downs to your running back. Get get your players. You gotta, you gotta get your get the ball to your players. You gotta you gotta find find different small adjustments. I mean, even after halftime, I mean, they started moving the ball a little more, and then they just they just shoot themselves in the foot. Like I don't know, man. You just got, I guess you just really. Yeah, I... Oh well, he was about to finish, but thank you, Ryan. We're gonna if we can get the uh, – if anybody else will call in, if you want to stay on the list, you can. But you were saying that, Alan, I like, well, I don't agree. I don't disagree, but you hold coaches to, like, a higher standard. I don't think he was ready for that. Like, they weren't just doing zones. They were showing them. They didn't show them. The, they hadn't shown the zone defense. They hadn't shown that six-man bare front that they had been running on the line of scrimmage. They had six-man on the line of scrimmage. They were jamming the outside zone, so you couldn't do that. They were jamming the receivers who come in like a – they call it a reduced split or, like, a nasty split, and they bring the receivers in a little bit close, and so they can kind of do the out routes and cross a lot naturally. So they were jamming that. They wouldn't let them do the play action because they were coming so hard at them, and they basically were ignoring golf and just blitzing. There were like a lot of things they were doing to fuck up the uh, what the Rams normally do. So, so my counter to that, and you're right, I do hold coaches to a higher regard nine times out of ten. If Sean McVay can tell me the exact play that he ran in 2015 <laughs> with the Washington Redskins in the in 30 de- is that my son anyway in 30 degree weather uh, facing the opposite way type thing like I just can't accept I can't accept it yo I can't accept that he wasn't prepared I just can't accept it it's just not it's not it to me I feel like at this point when you're that type of mom you should be prepared for anything anything. And and at the end of the day, if you Yo, lose, what you not prepared. Huh? 
was he not prepared or he just got out coached? Like, I think there's a difference. Like, he just got out schemed. And then you got to look at, like, who you're with. And he had golf. Golf is limited. Like, how much could you change the game plan? But he didn't even even have a game plan. He didn't even have a game plan to even alleviate some of the pressure off golf. Like, it just was like, it was like he just had this idea that this is what they were going to do if it didn't work. There, there was no sign of a plan B to me. I can't I can't even name an adjustment that I saw the Rams make after halftime, at like anything. The only adjustment I saw is that they added more backfield carries for Gurley, I guess. The formations didn't change. Execution didn't change. Like, not even running any any underneath routes, some quick hitches, a, a couple drags, a dead. Give me something, something off the lot. Like, Romo's called for a slant, and it took him three seconds to get a, get the slant off. And I get it. The the, the Patriots yeah. are, are um, they're improvising as one unit. Because that, that one touchdown pass that he threw that got broken up, that was a great improvise. Like, I mean, that's just incredible intangibles. You can't predict that or expect that. But at the end of the day, it's like you're throwing passes to C.J. Anderson, man. C.J. Anderson's getting passes out the backfield. You're desperate. That's trash. No, I'm not accepting it. I'm not accept- I'm disappointed in McVay, not as much as Andy Reid. But, I mean, I get it. I don't. I didn't expect them to win. I just didn't expect him to get X and O'd crossed up like that. Like it's just, that's insane to me. That's insane to me. But if he's making everybody look dumb, what does that tell you? If Belichick makes get, every, the best no. minds look dumb, what does that tell you? Belichick, Belichick can't win in freaking Miami, but he can win a fucking Super Bowl against the Rams or anybody else. It's not it was, right, man. It's not right. Something's wrong with these people. The, they uh, they lost all not playoff teams. That's who they lost to this year. All nine, all nine playoff teams. If you want to beat the, if you want to stop Brady, you, like you know, Steve Harvey made the joke. If you want to stop Tom Brady, y'all need to pull your money together and kill him. I disagree. If you want to stop Tom Brady, you really want to see the Patriots not win anymore. Make all their games in Miami. It's the only way. It's the only way <laughs> in Miami. That he can't win in yeah. Miami. He can re- he can retire right now. And if I was to be a troll and say he's not the GOAT, I will just point that out, that he cannot win in, in the stadium of Miami. He can't. He can't. And that's the only way to stop. I don't know what the Dolphins do when they play them in Miami, but whatever it does, they it works. And I don't know how you copy it, but somebody needs to do something. You know, it's Brady ridiculous. was salty after the game. He said, played really, really well in the second half of the season, our last four games. He said, I don't count Miami. That was a win. It just wasn't in the score, scorebook. It's like, wow. Salty, oh. salty, salty. <laughs> well, I mean, but at the end of the day, man, hats yeah. off to the Patriots as an organization. You know, they continue to, to find a way to win. And it's like, like uh, you know, I've seen it on Twitter, and I think some people have copied it. But it's so true. When you watch them play, it's like watching the dude who has the glitch in Madden, and it can't be stopped. And it's just, this is just a real-life glitch. I don't know how. Um I mean, I've I've got all these theories because I'm sitting at home and and trying to draw up something, but I, I highly doubt that I can beat Belichick if if freaking Sean McVay's IQ of 200 can't beat him, then I don't know who can. Part of the problem, I think, or not the problem, what Belichick does, and I talked about it on Morning Draft. What he does is he makes these adjustments so quickly, and I think the reason he if either these coaches are so set in their ways. They won't ever adjust, or they feel like their players aren't smart enough 
to make adjustments week to week and even in the middle of games like Belichick does. Because there's no other explanation. Either they're so set in their ways, or maybe it's both. But Or Belichick is that much better of a teacher than those other guys, which I can't believe. Or maybe it's all of those things wrapped up into one. But there's something different going on in New England that goes on nowhere else. I mean, part of that is, is the overall buy-in of the players, man. And, it, and just, I, I mean, as a unit, one collective unit, not offense versus defense or anything like that, but as one unit, all 22 men involved in the game and then on down to the subs, they all understand their role. Patrick Chung went out the game, and the dude who came in for him, I think he's probably got some experience. He's not like a rookie or anything, but there was no drop-off on the system whatsoever. You can't even exploit when people go down because they're just one unit. You got McCourty taken up for the safety who's out of position just because he's got that intangible. They they have such chemistry, and they're just – like some of that's not coaching. That's yeah, just guys that just watching film. And, yeah, that's – like improvised plays like that really win the game, man, really win the game. And then um, even some of their uh, play calling, um, McDaniel should get some credit even though it doesn't show up on the scoreboard. But whenever they needed to, to extend drives and stuff – he was always one step ahead away of Phillips, uh, especially in that second half. Um, and, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I really think some of it is just guys are overthinking it. And I just want to see somebody come in and not play to not – like play to win, not play to not look like they're getting embarrassed. I feel like that's kind of what we get sometimes when people play the Patriots. They just don't want to get embarrassed. And, and the Super Bowl, they don't even blow people out in the Super Bowl. So, really – McVay should have been super aggressive. He should have been aggressive. That defense was playing so well, and he's punting on fourth and twos and stuff like that. I mean, you're not winning anyway. Nobody expects you to yeah. win. I mean, we he saw Sean scared. McVay. We saw, we saw this man fake the punt. Yeah, he he faked the punt in his own territory in, in New Orleans, right, or something like that. Or like people, I, I don't know. Yeah. He's done some crazy things over the season. Over the course of the season, he's done some wild, unpredictable things, and that's kind of what people fell in love with with him and that offense. And then they get into new, uh, to the Super Bowl, and it's like, where is that? Same same beef I had with the with the Chiefs in the first half last last week or the week before last. Like, where is that? And I think that's one thing that we don't give Bill credit for is that at the end of the day, throughout his entire tenure with the Patriots, he is not straight away from what's worked for him and his team. If he does anything, it's an adjustment within the system. Nothing like totally brand new or reinventing the wheel. Even when he's not had the right players, uh, he still finds a way to just grind out things. Like he'll he'll just hit you until he finds something that works. Something that works. And uh, the defense always bend but not break. This year, they actually uh, forced a lot more turnovers than I'm used to seeing, and were more aggressive than I'm used to seeing. But at the end of the day. They they believe in their system and that's what makes them great. Where does that leave us for next year? Uh, uh, let's do the Rams first. What's your prognosis for the next year? Uh, Rams next year. They need to make sure Gurley's healthy. They need to add more um, to their um, aerial attack. That kind of came. Somebody said, uh, somebody said Gurley before uh, you came on. But what did you think about them not using Gurley and what was going on? 
I think that's terrible. I don't think he was that hurt. There's no way he was that hurt. If he was that hurt, he wouldn't suit up. I mean, I understand he's on the bike and all that, but I mean, you gotta, you gotta use him. You gotta use him. I, I had a friend text me during the game, and he was like, "Man, uh, girl, he's gonna be in the running for most overrated running back in the league." I said, "They're not giving him a chance. Like he's he's a slave to the play calling right now. If you don't give the man touches, like he's not he's not the type of back." And we had this problem with Zeke uh, sometimes when the Cowboys lose games. Sometimes you have to grind out those two- to three-yard carries to break a defense down so you can get the five- to six-yard carries, you know? And I feel like a lot of teams abandon the game plan when they don't have to. This was a defensive battle. It was 0-0 the first quarter, and it was, what, like 3 nothing at the half? So why, why would you not stick to your running game? You're, you're in a field position battle. Your defense is holding it uh, down like – Go to the same game plan that you used against Dallas when you controlled the clock, ate it up, and you did not abandon the run game. But they didn't do that. I don't know why. I don't know why. So um, I don't think Gurley's well, done anything like that. They abandoned the running game. But I will say, Sean McVay pretty much knows what he's doing. I know, you know, he got out coached or whatever. But he didn't do it. Well, he did it against Dallas. But they knew our dad going defensive plays. But in the last two games, he didn't use Ty Gurley. Why don't you use C.J. Anderson over Ty Gurley when Ty Gurley can pretty much do everything on the field and your whole offense revolved around him and you suddenly stopped using him? Some people were saying it was a mental thing, but something was not right. Why would you suddenly stop using Ty Gurley? Yeah, and like I said, if he wasn't hurt, then then what's his name was just overthinking it. I will say Bill did say something in the media, and I think he said said what he said because – Everything gets printed, and, and McVay's young. I think it was a mind game, but he talked about how, uh, I don't know if Bill said it or somebody on his staff said it, but a source reported that uh, they were not afraid of Gurley as much as they were of C.J. Anderson because Gurley's one of those backs that needs uh, a certain amount of time to get moving. So they felt like they had an advantage if they could just you know kind of stop him in the backfield. And I'm thinking to myself, that's everybody pretty much. That's 95% of the league. You know, if you can get to them before they can actually get their first two steps in, then they're then they're done. Um, but what I will say is that the the Rams' uh, run game, like yesterday, was just it just was lacking, man. They had a um, I think they had one play where it was like a, a little a little reach concept, and then he did a little cutback and he found the lane. But I feel like those downhill type concepts that you that we were used to seeing. Um, earlier in the year or before uh, the, the receiver rough, I think, went down, when they were actually flowing as one unit, when Gurley's was slashing yards, the downhill run concept with the cutbacks and stuff like that was really working, and they just didn't do that. It just it wasn't creative, you know. Um, it wasn't something that was inspiring to me as far as effort goes, even in the play calling. So I don't know what he was thinking. I don't know. And, we're, and you know, hindsight is twenty twenty, as they say. But even during the game, I was questioning it, too. Like, why is this man not involved in the game plan? Burkhead gets and my the ball. Issue, my issue was, <laughs> it was pass to C.J. Anderson. Okay. That's what I right, said, C.J. Anderson. Anderson. But why would you pass and, and And since we're on the air, I don't care if, if, if Salim is, is listening. I want to tell you right now, you are tripping, bro. Anything Ezekiel Elliott can do, Ty Gurley can do. <laughs> 
anything Le'Veon Bell can do, Zeke and Todd Gurley can do. To me, they are the same kind of backs in regards to how they can create mismatches anywhere you put them on the field, especially in the damn running game. And there is no excuse, no excuse for Todd Gurley not to be involved in the running game when you got so much pressure coming up front. I don't care what you tell me. Hightower cannot cover Todd Gurley on a regular basis, man. There's no excuse for not being able to get that man the ball in space. It's no excuse. That's why I'm I'm so frustrated. I'm like, you didn't even give yourself a chance. When you allow people to dictate how you call plays, and this ain't something that you got to be a pro to know, but if you allow people to dictate how you call plays as a play caller, you've already lost. You've already lost. And Sean McVay is too damn talented as a coach to allow that to happen. I don't care if he's playing Bill. I don't care if he's playing Jesus on the other sideline. You do not allow them to dictate how you call plays before they even make an adjustment. You've already lost. Yes. All those coaches, all those coaches that got hired because of McVay are they gonna ask for their money back or get a reduction of salary or what? I mean, you already see how Nagy coaching big games. He got the Andy Reid. I man, you better watch who you get your coaches from. Watch who you get yeah, your exactly. coaches from. And, we and don't I don't understand why people people running to hire Patriot coaches. They don't really do anything when they're out the system either, but whatever. It's a monkey see, monkey do league. All right, so we we got into Gurley, went on that rant. But let's look at what the Rams have. They signed a lot of people. So there's got to be some holes. They signed Sue to a $14 million con- contract. They may not have the room. They might lose the Marcus Joyner because they didn't, didn't give him an extension. Uh, they gave yeah, Donald right. an extension. They gave Gurley an extension. Uh, they got Rod- Roger Saffold as a guard is good. Dante Fowler Jr. is questionable because they just brought him in. And they want C.J. Anderson, but they might not have the room. Uh, what is your what's, what's your thoughts on what they next year? Because they kind of mortgage their future on this year. Um, in the draft, I think they need to get a, a some linebackers with some with some athleticism, because um, you can coach you can coach the other stuff, but you can't coach athleticism. So, um, given how Donald controls the line of scrimmage, if they can get some some athletes behind him to to um, shoot gaps and stuff like that, I think they can be far more aggressive defense. Um, with that being said, I think that will also help the secondary and their and some of their coverage issues because I. Want to say that Peters and Tlaib, even though they they've kind of lost a step, are still aggressive enough. Um, and even the the other corners that they've got in in, in uh, coverages where they can really get in the guys' hips and be aggressive, push and shove and stuff like that, is good. I think what kills their zone is when Donald can't get pressure, or when the linebackers are not good in coverage, then things open up really quick. Uh, you gotta pay Fowler. Uh, premier pass rusher, um, I mean, even if he's not the best, he's probably going to be the best on the market because I want to say that the Cowboys are going to tie up Lawrence. Um, so you you got to pay him um, to compliment Donald. And then you can find somebody to plug in. Um, you don't have to pay Sue. Um, he'll probably, if anything, he would come back. I would assume he would come back on a, a friendly contract because he's already had his payday, and who doesn't want to play next to Aaron Donald? Um, he's not going to see another double team the rest of his career. But um, if he's asking asking for too much, then let him walk. Offensively, you just you just gotta you gotta get another another receiving weapon, um, and then you don't really need C.J. Anderson. I think Todd Gurley's fine, but you definitely want to get a tight end for somebody like Jared Goff, who doesn't like guys around his feet, 
and and somebody that's just a big target that he can find real quick and and just get the ball off to. Yeah, I agree. Uh, I think their prognosis for next year is pretty good. I think you still got a good core, even if you lose some people like Joyner or Sue. I think you can compensate with that because there's so many stars out there. I don't know how long to lead a set uh, signed for, but I don't see either one of them coming up when I'm looking at this uh, this kind of this uh, salary cap thing. But they are going to lose a little bit. But I think with the draft or some free agency, you can plug those holes. And you got Wade. Wade's a pretty good coach on defense. He'll figure it out. Let's go to the Patriots. I know everybody's tired of them, and uh, they're right here. They can't be stopped now. Patriots for life. <laughs> we'll still, we're still here. All this crap. How much longer do you think this lasts? Man, it's got to be over next year. It's got to be. There are signs that Brady is, is getting hit by father time. And it's not necessarily in production, but some of these throws, man, he just ain't it just ain't in his arm no more. Um, Gronk is also aging drastically due to injury, and um, I would say if anything, Edelman's probably the healthiest of them all. But we we kind of know why. <laughs> but um, pa- Patriots just gotta stick to their system. They can bring in some young guys and and coach them up. I think I think Bill's got time for that. Um, they just had the Super Bowl this year, obviously, so that's going to give them at least uh, another two-year window with, with Brady as far as his expectations of when his next Super Bowl will come. So they did a good job with their pickle with uh, Sony. Um, Brady leaned on that running game heavily uh, in the postseason, even though he had statistically decent games the first two games. Sony Mitchell uh, was still getting about 18 to 20 carries a game. I um, mean, he was getting like 100 yards a game as well, so I think that's telling. Uh, they got to find a replacement for Gronk. Uh, I think the current system won't work if they don't find another tight end that can catch and uh, also block. Um, you know, I underrated his blocking uh, for most of the year, but he was he was great on both sides of uh, the necessary offensive talents that he has. Um, Receiving-wise, I mean, you can put anybody in there. I keep saying it, but it's true. You really can put anybody in that system. If you can run a route, Tom Brady can get you the ball. That's all you got to do. You just got to run the route. Run run what they tell you to run defensively. I don't understand how Josh Gordon can possibly. But they're trying to get him to come back. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, they are. Uh, Defensively, I don't know if they need to do anything. I mean, I don't know what their financial situation is with their corners and stuff, but I got the vibe from the way some people were talking to the uh, with the buildup that uh, the McCordys, one of them is going to be gone, either retiring or just or just leaving the team. I'm not sure. Um, Patrick Chung's injury woes are kind of concerning, but I mean they both happened mainly in the Super Bowl, so. Uh, I would I would just worry because uh, he had the concussion and he just broke a bone. He's getting older too, but uh, with that system man, with the Patriots, like they, I really truly think they can just plug people in and coach them up. And they're so good at picking uh, players based on their attributes and not what you know what we think of them as overall talent. They can find the right people for the right situation, but they won't win the Super Bowl next year. I mean, Trey Wingo already did the rant, but if, I, I just maybe I'll just continue it. 
stop complaining about freaking football, man. This is football. You can't always get 60, 70 points between two teams, man. And people always complain when those scores are so high. But then when you get a game like this and the scores are low, you still complain. Just just stop complaining if you don't want to watch football. Half of you don't know what you're watching anyway. So what's the point? I mean, the Super Bowl is basically a social event. It's a social event. I mean, diehard fans, they don't really care who's winning if their team isn't playing. So that just leaves, what, like 10% of people care, or as far as sports fans go, 10% care about the actual outcome of the game. The other 90% are just doing it because it's an event. So shut the hell up. That's my rant. I'm done. <laughs> I, I kind of agree. I mean, it still held my attention. It wasn't the most exciting game, but if you like strategy, you kind of like the matchups that Weapon Gay versus uh, Belichick, and you liked, uh, I guess, the uh, McDaniels versus Wade, you got into what they were doing. I took halftime to go back and try to figure out what was going on and how they were stopping these offenses that are normally pretty potent. If you're a student of the game, you still enjoy the aspects of it. I mean, it was a dinner. It wasn't junk food, but it was a solid meal. Yeah, I agree, man. I agree. No, I was going to say that. I mean, that's, that's true. Like, just let it go. And if Corey's listening, the NBA is not better than the NFL. <laughs> it's really not. It's really not. They don't judge one game. Get out of here. The whole playoffs were exciting. The championship game was exciting. So I don't even know. But I mean, I like both of them almost equally anyway. All right, folks, this has been our Super Bowl preview. Uh, or not preview, our Super Bowl wrap-up. If you're listening to this podcast, you have iTunes, rate and give us five stars and give us a review. Hope we'll be more consistent. I think Alan and I together are the key to a good podcast, so we'll see if we can do that more often. Have a good one. All right.